Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter Killer, written by Matt Butcher, narrated by Ian McEwan. Looking through eyes that are not my own, I scan for something, anything, that will betray the enemy's location. Heat sensors show nothing, save for chimney smoke or the occasional stray cat and audio seems to show nothing beyond acceptable background noise. This wasn't right. Our intelligence was good. Our intelligence was always good. Negative on target control. Engaging the noise dampeners and active camouflage, I slowly edge down the alleyway towards the open street and extend an optical sensor around the corner. Unsurprisingly, given the unsociable night hour... I find the main street pitch dark and deserted. Caution, however, is never excessive as we are operating in the heart of insurgency-occupied territory and I'm piloting several million dollars worth of tech. Hunching down on all fours to minimize my form, I slink out into the open street like a mechanized panther. My sensors still give me nothing, 
Someone has to be here. Drone surveillance had tracked down a dozen or so heat signatures to a nearby hidden compound until yesterday. This was the day before they were due to be wiped from existence by a remotely piloted gunship above, but poof, they all simultaneously disappeared. This concerned my commanding officers, as their intelligence had no mention of any other rogue elements in the area, and the existence of such could bring unbalance to any future missions. Remember what I said about caution? Control had it by the bushel. This is where I come in. I'm an HK pilot, a hunter-killer. We specialize in on-the-ground wet work and recon to provide the level of precision and delicacy required when something cleaner is needed than those Navy flyboys nuking the target from orbit. Headhunted in school by military aptitude tests, we were drafted into the various RAMs, Remote Access Military Services, where we were implanted with a techno-neural interface that grew and developed as we did. Young minds have not fully formed, and whilst far more accepting of foreign technology, were equally receptive to new ideologies and philosophies. A child without a full view of the world is incredibly impressionable, especially when sheltered in military schools that preach nothing but the dogma of war. I... The real, flesh-and-bone me is back at the nearest Air Force outpost some seven clicks away. I'm floating in a tank of bitter-tasting, breathable liquid with a swarm of nanobots swimming around in it. They communicate neural information to and from the HK via a drone that acts as a signal relay, take care of my basic bodily functions, something I try not to give too much thought to, and monitor my health both physical and mental. Piloting a machine that you experience such a visceral connection with can create intense mental instability, if one were to lose a sense of what was real. The piloting experience is so utterly lucid and tangible. You are the HK, and the HK is you. You see through its optics, smell through its olfactory sensors, and feel through the hand's haptic feedback pads. These aren't placed anywhere else, but trust me, getting shot in a body that isn't your own still hurts like a bitch. Pain is just an electrical signal your body sends your brain to inform it that it is damaged. When you're in an HK, it's difficult to stop your mind from interpreting these damage reports in a similar way. You can work on distancing yourself from them, but it lowers your synchronizing capabilities. I find it's easier to not get shot than to be sluggish out in the field. Sneaking down the main street like a cat through a kennel, my ground-penetrating radar picks up something buried under the sandy road surface. Several mortar shells linked together by wire that ran off down an adjacent alleyway. Bingo. Now we're getting somewhere. IED located. Diffuse? Negative. Continue with the mission. Affirmative control. There is a spike in audio. A cough, perhaps? Though potentially nothing, I can never stress how much caution is never excessive. 
I edged down an alleyway parallel to the assumed location of the IED's detonator and increased audio sensitivity to near maximum. Though each breeze, chirping cricket, and my own footfalls become deafening, there are other faint sounds that were previously hidden. Labored breathing, shuffling, and hushed voices. Someone's here. Someone I can't see. Why can't I see them, Control? I bring myself to an immediate stop to reevaluate. How were they invisible to my thermal optics and sonar? Heat shielding was already a stretch for such an underfunded and remote group. Acoustic invisibility seemed impossible. How did they have such advanced tech? Signaling to the drone above for updated orders, I receive the same simple instruction. Continue with the mission. Affirmative, Control. The compound is ahead, only a couple of blocks, so I limit my movement to a crawl and press on. There's still nothing on my thermal or sonar sensors. All I have to go on are the whispers between my delicate yet thunderous footsteps. The pre-mission briefing detailed several viable entry points to the structure, a perimeter wall with a cluster of small buildings shielded within, so I locate the nearest and prepare to breach. I stand upright, a proud seven feet tall, and perform a quick systems check. Connection, strong. Interference, nominal. Weapon systems, functional. Placing a metal hand above the door handle, I draw back the arm-mounted pneumatic battering ram and brace. There's a brief moment of apprehensive fear, but this soon passes. The nanobots in the suspension tank are programmed to detect and correct any feelings that could prove counterproductive to the mission. I am filled with a calm determination, single-mindedly focused on my mission. All else is secondary. I am death made manifest. Breach in three, two, one... Releasing the pneumatic ram, the door splinters and shoots inwards. I follow it with a barrage of smoke grenades and flares from my torso-mounted launchers and climb through the doorway into the bright, smoky fray. Finally, my targets are visible as shadows in the red smoke, crimson specters in the flare's blinding light. Reaching out towards the nearest figure, I close my vice-like hands on their torso and leg to pull them apart with a twist. At last, I get a heat reading as hot blood splashes against the wall. I feel a painful buzz in my side. Someone is shooting me. Spinning around to face the assailant, I swipe out like a striking tiger to wrench their head almost clean from their shoulders, save for a thick strand of sinew that manages to precariously hold their head dangling down their back as thick, arterial blood geysers from their fresh stump. As they tumble backwards, they paint the ceiling and wall with a fiery orange stripe that looks like fire in my thermal optics. Pressing onwards with the compound's map visually open in my mind, I storm into what is identified as the IED factory, a humble structure that I don't seem to find any trace of bomb manufacture in. Cowering in a corner is the blood-splattered shape of one of my invisible targets. They're raising their hands submissively, 
pause, stifled by pity, before the nanobots correct this weakness. Reaching forward, I grab as much of them as possible and just... squeeze. They scream at first, but this soon descends into gurgling as bones snap and muscles tear in my monstrously powerful grasp. The haptic feedback in the hands allows me to feel every goddamn thing. There is a brief moment of resistance before the soft stomach flesh tears and voids the organs into a hot pile on the floor. Viscera and gore oozes around my fingers to slop on the dirt, but shaking a large chunk of meat free from between my metal fingers, I tear into the adjoining room to find another target. But this time, they weren't wearing their camouflaging helmet or gloves. I could see them. They were surrendering. I hesitate a second, as something about this feels wrong. I feel the nanobots correct my fear my guilt, and my shame, but they cannot change my thoughts. Control hails me to inquire about the holdup. Update, pilot. Something is wrong. Continue with the mission. Negative, Control. This isn't right. Our intel was bad. Control falls silent, and I'm left staring at this submissive figure. God, I must be a terrifying sight. A seven-foot-tall, black, robotic monstrosity covered in the torn remains of her team. Seeing that I've stopped, they creep towards me, arms still aloft. I shift into a defensive stance in response, and they flinch violently. As they get closer, I see that she isn't insurgency at all. She doesn't look like she's from anywhere near here. Can you hear me? she asks. I nod, as mission parameters never require an HK to vocalize. Who are you with, United Western? I nod again. What is the purpose of this? We are allies! Before I can think how to respond, I sense something... new. A feeling emanating from my torso that I haven't felt before. Not an injury, but something very wrong. System report. Connection, strong. Interference, nominal. Weapon systems, self-destruct engaged. No, no, disable self-destruct, disable! I feel my legs buckle under me, and I fall to the floor with enough force to shake the structure. Reaching to the woman, I grab her arm with enough accidental force to feel it snap in my grasp and launch her towards the door. Thankfully, she gets the message and flees. My arms seize in the throwing position as all motor function is halted. Eject! My command seems to fall on deaf ears. I've been shut off from control and from my HK. Thankfully, I'm still filled with enough artificial calm to be emotionally unfazed at the prospect of still being linked at the point of detonation. My mind is unlikely to survive such a trauma intact. Not that anything like this has occurred in...
Everything is white. I'm surrounded by everything. I cannot describe it in any other way aside from how much it is an utter contrast to what comes next. Black. The void. Absolute nothing. At some point, the nothing becomes a something as I regain awareness of my physical form. Though blurry, I remember colors, and they begin to morph into objects. There is a strange disconnect from everything around me. Is this real? I thought I was blown up in the desert somewhere. Am I dead? You aren't dead, if that's what you're wondering, a voice answers my thought. Did I say that out loud? A cluster of blurred shapes move towards me to take the shape of a military officer. I don't recognize him, and I'm not sure if I should. That's what most pilots seem to think when they are degloved. I can't seem to shape the words to reply. Jesus, you're even worse than they said you are, he scoffs. I'll keep your debriefing short so you can get back to... recovering. You were involved in a black ops mission that you are never to speak of nor acknowledge. Though largely unplanned and opportunistic in nature, the covert intelligence operation I represent seeks to take advantage of situations that further and maintain the war effort. We were aware you were targeting friendlies, but deemed it necessary in the larger picture. We need to maintain support for the good work we're doing over there. I'm sure you understand. Even if I were able to speak, I'm unsure if I'd know what to say. I don't know when the emotional numbness will wear off, but I'd dread it, if I could feel dread. Thank you for your service, pilot. It's a shame to see you discharged. Over a hundred confirmed kills is an impressive record. He abruptly brings his hand to his forehead in a salute before dropping it down to his side, spinning on his heels and leaving. You should be grateful, he said over his shoulder as he walked away. There aren't many other professions that you could retire from at 16. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Hunter Killer was written by Matt Butcher, narrated by Ian McEwen, edited by Carl Hughes and music by Tom Robson. That gnarled and frosty beast is on us once again, the great annual bank account slaughter we call Christmas. And I want to hear from you. I'll be recording the Christmas volume opener soon, and I thought it'd be a cool idea to see if anybody has any messages for the team. So maybe you've enjoyed a particular story and wanted to let the writer or narrator know. Perhaps you've got a question about the the behind-the-scenes weekly rituals, or maybe you just wanted to wish us a happy Christmas. You can let us know either on the Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hawk and Cleaver or by tweeting at Hawk and Cleaver. So, looking forward to your messages. And until next time.